in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you would move by your power, that you move by your anointing. Sweet Holy Spirit, come in. Oh God, I ask you right now, God, that you behind me behind the cross, that you give me access and ability to minister in the third heaven, that I may rightly divide the word of truth. If I was going to pick a topic today, it would be they work in pairs. They work in pairs. Or you could say teams, but God gave it to me this morning. They work in pairs. Pairs is what? Two. Amos 3 and 3 says, how can two walk together except they be agreed? And I looked up the word pairs. It says a set of two things used together are regarded as a unit. That means two become one. Because how they become one? Because their mind has become singular. They both have the same thoughts. They both have the same movements. So I thought that was very interesting. It says an order consisting of two joined or corresponding parts not used separately. And this is one of the things that is very interesting about they work in pairs. And I looked up the word team, it means a team is a group of individuals working together to achieve their goal. That means they both have the same goal. They may vary, but the concept is still the same. A group of players. That means they're playing this thing out. They got something, they got a script in their mind. They're going to work it to their benefit. One person may do one thing, another person may do another thing, but then they meet down the road to finish off the product or what they plan to accomplish in life. Forming one side in a competitive game or a sport. I'm going to be talking about six people but they have paired themselves up together. I'm, talk, I'm gonna be talking about Janies and Jan Brayers. 2 Timothy 3 and 8. I'm gonna be talking about Ananias and Sapphira. Acts 5, 1 through 11. Nabda and Abuya or Abaya. Leviticus 10. And I want to talk about Janice and Jambres using witchcraft against you. I looked up the name Janice. It means seduce, cheat. Jambres means to oppose. In 2 Timothy 3 and 8, It talks about the coming apostasy. And it's using these two individuals. And Paul is using this as an illustration. And I want to kind of go there. It says, now as Janes and Jambers resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapprove concerning the faith. We're living in an hour now that the saints of God have connected or paired themselves up with an evil spirit. When I start talking about Ananias and Sapphira, I'm going to talk about they conspire to lie against you. Or the church. Nadab and Abayo is talking about calling up strange fire, evil altars against you. The church is facing much persecution and it's coming from within. Because they have allowed strange things to creep in unaware because they were searching for prosperity or they were searching for different things in the house of God. When they couldn't find it or God didn't release it to them, they started conjuring up strange things and lying and conniving and deceiving things to get what they
they want. Then they crept back in and all, all of a sudden now they have joined themselves up with other people or contaminated other people within the house. Church is not what it used to be. It used to be a safe haven, but now there's so much corruption in the church. You got to watch as well as pray in here, as well as what you're seeing out there in the world. You're so busy looking at the world full of corruption, but they don't, they, they're not hiding what they're doing. They're going to party to Jesus come. They're going to lie. They're going to tell you. They're wearing the upside down cross. They lying. They put all the music, everything, the movies, everything else. But the church people, they are portraying one thing. The God says they are sheep in wolves' clothing. He says, my sheep know my voice, but no other will they follow. So now, because that spirit is in the church, and it has spread about as the church, as a universe, not just one particular denomination, but as a whole, now they're in the church, and they're conjuring up all kind of things. They're doing all type of things, and it's not of God. And then now, if the pastor is not in a place that they should be, they're going to be, the sheep is going to come in and overtake them. There's a passage in the Bible says like sheep like priests because the sheep was over and was able to overtake the priest or the mouthpiece of God some of you don't even understand you done did this and now it's in your house and now you're trying to figure out how did it get there it got there because somebody let it in and I guarantee you it was not Jesus or your pastor it was you and what you allowed you got to be very careful what you are opening up your spirit to you got to be careful of what you allowing when somebody said that they're Jesus you just accept them for who they are and you don't think nothing about it because they said Jesus but you don't understand in the last hour everybody's going to say Jesus or God but doesn't mean that they're really serving God but because you're closed and your eyes are dim because of darkness and deception and lies and corruption you're not going to be able to discern the truth from the lie and I looked up some things in the commentary that's pertaining to 2 Timothy 3 and 8 it says, their names are not mentioned in the, in the Old Testament, but they were likely two of the Egyptian magicians that opposed Moses in Exodus. The seventh chapter, Exodus the eighth chapter, Exodus the eleventh chapter, dealing with the plagues. According to Jewish tradition, they pretended to become Jewish Prestolites. It says right here, and they um, were one of the, were the two people that kind of instigated the worship of the golden calf in Exodus 32 and were killed with the, it says, the rest of the adulterers. One of the things that you got to understand that when they left Egypt, it was an all Jewish, there was a mixed multitude. The mixed multitude brought their personality or their characteristics and they came in and infiltrated the church that was out there in the wilderness or the church state that left Egypt. God will give anybody a chance for salvation and to be saved. You need to understand what all of this is about. Because we don't understand what God is saying and doing in this last hour. Because we're in a place that you don't understand. There's a mixed multitude that's still in the church that just did not derive from right now or just started in the last so many years. It's already been there because they left Egypt with Moses. And they have a way of contaminating you. How's the first sign that you've been contaminated? Your mind becomes perverted. Your mind becomes against what God has said. You start diluting down the principles because it's pertaining to something else in your household or something that you like. So you say, oh, no. Well, he don't mean it like that. But what God said, that's what God meant. 
But when it comes down to our wants and needs and what we have creeped out the church and creeped back in the church and brought all of this stuff in with us, now you have diluted your principles. And the pastor is contaminated. Let's go back. They didn't contaminate Moses out there. They contaminated the people near him. Because the pastor was looking away at another problem or another situation or what was in his own house. He allowed somebody from his closeness to contaminate his mind. It's always somebody that was close. How in the world did you think that God would allow Judas to be with him? The other disciples did not know who Judas was, but God knew what he was at all times because they were hand-picked. This contamination is already there working. Now it's at another level. And the weak people in the church don't have an understanding of what's going on. And I don't care what nobody say. You need the Holy Ghost to rightly divide the word of truth. How can the Holy Ghost bring all things to your remembrance? You need to understand what God is saying and what God is doing. That's why you got to steal away and let God strip you down in order to build you back up. So when you come back up, you're more fortified and strengthened. You need to understand something. There's something wrong with the old foundation. The Bible says upon this rock I build my church and the gates of hell should not prevail, but the gates of half have perverted and devoured the church as what it stands in now. And we want to know why these strange things and plagues and, and strange events is happening all over the world, the weather and everything else. <laughs> and things are happening in diverse places that have never been before because God is moving and shifting the dynamics. When God is moving and shifting the dynamics, the people in the earth, so the people feel the results of the shifting. But the people don't understand what's going on but even the bad birds of the air the whales in the sea the fish that's floating around everybody understands there's a movement in the land there's a moving and a shifting in the earth but the people of God have no understanding and the Bible says the children of the world are stronger and weaker and stronger and wiser than the children that's in the church are supposed to be in the church how can the world be stronger than the church because the church has lost his luster and desire for the true nature of God or the true of the living God. They work in pairs. It says, Paul, it says, use this as an example to make indicate that the false teachings at Ephesus were practicing, deceiving with signs and wonders. In the last hour, that's how it's going to get a lot of people because my people are searching for signs. I told you the Jews used to search for signs, but we are living by faith. So everything is by faith of what Christ has done for us on the cross. And we need to understand what things that God has done. You need to understand something. When you become in Christ, you become a new creature. That means the old you have passed away. That means the old you have died out and is never going to live again. That's why you got to walk worthy of Christ Jesus. That's why you have to understand what Christ is saying in this hour. That's why you got to leave darkness and walk into the marvelous light. But you cannot be in and out. You cannot be a double-minded person. You cannot be in a place of falseness. Anytime you're walking in deception, anytime you're walking in, in a dim or a light that's not brighter than what God has called you to do, you're subject for every evil that's in the land because you're not covered by God. How can God cover evil? The Bible says God don't hear nothing but a sinner's prayer but to repent of what must I do to be saved. You need to understand what Jeremiah was saying. Your own wickedness and your own deceptive ways will cause judgment to come upon you. You need to understand something. God is judging the church. God is separating the weak from the terror. God is moving inside the house. He is not moving in the world. Why are you focused in the world? They were paired together. How can two walk together? He said, you just like your father, the devil. You make excuses to stay in a darkness in your mind. The Deuteronomy 28 chapter says one of the curses is confusion of the mind. You want to know why we're walking around in all of this confusion and disarray. The only way that you can stay in the thing of God is pray daily, pray and walk in a meditation of prayer at all times. God had to deal with me 
you about something that I was looking at and I turned around and was in another foreign place on the thing and God brought me back and I had to come in here and go in my mind and cast it out of my mind, cast it out of my heart. You need to understand something. He comes in swift, but you don't need to let him stay there. The Bible says when you find the enemy, you eradicate him, you get rid of him, but you want to sit there and sleep and do all of this thing. There should be a light in your mind. There should be something warning going up in your spirit to let you know there's an enemy at hand. There's something trying to terminate, something that's trying to come in to your Holy Spirit. But you walk around in the days. One of the things that's going to kill the church of today is they don't know the voice of God. They say they trust him, but yet they do not really trust him. They're trying to tell him what to do, how to do it. Like he don't understand, but yet you sing songs of praise and worship, but yet it's not in you. And you want to know why God is not moving through a mass of people. He's moving through only a few. Only the few people in this last hour will have the anointing because they see the vision. They see what is at hand and they are signing the law. Why was everybody in the, in the um? In the Bible, not prophets. Then you only hear about certain people that were prophets. But you need to understand something. God has done away with that now. He used to send his spirit down into the prophets of old in the Old Testament. And they would each go out and do a mission, what God has called. But when Jesus Christ died on the cross, you became that latter-day prophet for now. That's walking through the earth and the land because you have his spirit. That's why Acts had to come in. So, I looked up the word magician. Can be either a person who has the power to make impossible things happen. You're excited by your emotions. A magician entertains you. That's why we're always searching for the next thing. That's why there was a demand for, for these prophets that came in or the priests that came into the church. You got to understand something. The people demanded that. And because the pastor was already contaminated, they listened to the sheep. So they gave the people what they wanted, just like Aaron did with the calf. Who is contaminating you? And now God is doing massive construction in the church. And then now you don't understand because you cannot zoom in on your wicked spirit of what God is doing. God works high above than any witchcraft or demonic spirit. Especially by using supernatural or non-rational means. Or a person who performs tricks or illusions and sight of and it's a sleight of hands. And God gave me quickness of hands. Because when a magician is working, it works quick. Because it's the movement of the hands. To amuse an audience, sometimes by using clever signs from an, it says, a, it says, a compliance or escaping from difficult situations. And I want to talk to you. You don't have to go to Exodus 7, but one of the things that they were saying um, Janice and Dambaris was one of the, um, the magicians out there in Egypt when Moses and Aaron went there before Pharaoh. They said Aaron threw his staff down in front of Pharaoh and his officials, the magicians, and it became a snake. Pharaoh then what? Summons wise men and sorcerers, and the Egyptian, Egyptian magicians also did the same thing by their secret arts. We're talking about Janice and Jamboree's to seduce, cheat, to oppose. And these were the magicians along in the entourage. Because one thing about it is, you only need one God to do a multiple thing. But when you're working up demonic powers, there's, there's always an altar for each thing that you're trying to do. Now, you're not going to go down to Mother Teresa 
to get somebody to give you some portions to throw on somebody, you go to North Carolina for that. She's going to tell you the future. I just want to make sure that you understand this. That's why he had a, a, a group of people. And, and they were, and they worked as pairs. They worked together. They was a team working it out. What one couldn't do, the other could. And so this is what is happening. This is why when they don't get what they want in one church, they go around to different churches because they're looking for the sound. What is the sound? What is the heartbeat of their desire? Each one threw down his staff, and it became a snake. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staff. Let me tell you them, there's only one power. There's only one God. And you need to understand why these pastors are different sorcerers that's moving across the land. Now, we're all supposed to be preaching the same gospel, which is Jesus Christ, the good news. But why is it that you go to certain churches for different sounds or different words or different spells to keep you bound? But you're going to find out in Exodus 8 and 19 that the sources were powerless to duplicate the others. I want you to go to Exodus, the ninth chapter. I want to tell you something. I want to show you something. Exodus. Nine and eleven. And the magicians could not stand before Moses because of the balls, for the balls were on the magicians and on all the Egyptians. That's why God, I'm, those that's worried about how God is going to judge the leaders or the church. You don't need to be focused on that. All you need to do is pray for salvation and get the mind to be saved. And make sure that you work out your soul's salvation with fear and trembling. Because one of the things about the enemy, he's going to keep you focused on whatever other idol is doing, but you're not watching the one that's creeping in your house. You, that's why you got to always cleanse and purify your house. you got to understand something. He comes through the front door, the front door of our imagination. When you're watching of your house, you say, no, we're not going to do this. No, don't look at that because your eyes are in tune with the spirit of the living God. The Eve comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But the thief that we're dealing with now is not coming through the back door. He's coming through the imagination of your mind. That's where, the, the, that's where it is. It's the things, the images. That's why when you look at technology, everything is becoming more clear and more precise. And it's like your mind is able to interpret it before your spirit even grab a hold to it. There's a strong delusion in the land. But there's no power greater than God. When you're walking into the things of God and your mind is being firmly planted by the tree of living waters that it should not be moved, it doesn't matter what's happening in the land because that you know your roots and that your substance and what has been watered and keeping you alive is the thing of Jesus Christ. I don't, you don't have to go there. Another incident they're saying about the two servants uh, Janice and Jabrers was of uh, Balaam. You can go there to Numbers 22 and 22. You got to understand something. Everything that's going on in the Bible, it's already been there. It was these two men that came up out of Egypt that caused all of this destruction in the land. And a lot of times, we don't act like that we understand how it all happened or where the doors and the gateways came in. It came in because somebody let it in. You need to understand what God is saying and what God is doing in this hour. But a lot of times, we want to be closed 
close-minded. We don't want to deal with nothing. We don't want to examine anything. The Bible says you can righteously judge a thing, but you're so busy caught up in the scriptures, but you're not caught up into what God is saying and how to use the scriptures appropriately. That's one of the things that's going to keep the saints bound because they don't understand the scriptures and they don't know how to discern spiritual things, but yet they talk about the nine gifts of the Holy Ghost power. They talked about Daniel's five and twelve, but yet you don't know walk into these things because your mind or your imagination is caught up into what is going on, what is moving, the quickness of somebody's hands or what somebody's wearing and dressing, what they driving and all of this kind of stuff or what the gospel is going on in the latter day times. You don't need to understand and fill your mind and your spirit with all of these things. You got to cleanse yourself. You got to ratify yourself daily of these things that you walking into this latter day Babylon that's coming in the earth and that's coming stronger. It's already here, but it's getting stronger and you want to know why. The Everybody has got that Nimrod spirit. Everybody's trying to build up a tower to heaven, which is another another idol to compete with the things of God. But no man would be able to compete with the things of God because God stands alone. So you ain't got to defend God. All you got to do is defend the gospel that God has told you to defend. And I'm going to tell you something. This is when Balaam was sought by Balak. And he had did seven altars. He killed seven bulls. Go back and read it. That was seven different altars. They had to curse, get Israel to sin with the wicked women in order for God to evoke the wrath that he said in his word. If you living right and doing all that you can, and guess what? You're prospering, but time you take your mind off of God, and it seems like chaos goes crazy in your life. You need to be careful about what is happening. You just may have a Janice and a Jambres working somewhere against you, using witchcraft to attack you and your family, trying to attack the church. Because the church is already infiltrated with wickedness. Let's go to Acts 5, verses 1 through 11. When you talk about Ananias and Sapphira lying against you. So now you got witchcraft. Now you got a lying spirit that's working against you in the church. With all kind of deception. Because the gateway is in the center of your head. We're talking about the third eye that you don't think is there. God gave you two eyes, not three. It's always trying to open up the chakras for those that's here and those that's in the radio land that's practicing kudalini yoga because they're trying to evolve and get rid of the stress. And that's why all the churches was doing yoga in the church and didn't know that it was a Buddhist or a Hindu type of thing. So now you got another thing that's in the land that's working. And I looked up Ananias, and it means God has given. Sapphira means beautiful or pleasant. Ananias and his wife Sapphira, according to Acts, were members. They didn't say a bellum. And the evil altars of the early Christian church. You ain't got to go to the movies, just read the Bible. You ain't got to go to somebody else out there in the world to get some entertainment. It's right up here in the church. There's so much wickedness that's inside the house of God. 
So they were members of the early church in Jerusalem. And what they did caused them to come into an early time of death. Verse 1, but a certain man named Ananias, God has given, and God gave him a possession in his hands. Let's, let's take away money. Let's look at all the different things that God bless us with. And, and, and we want to start taking stuff from out of God's hands and what he has required after he blessed us with. That's why when people start getting blessed, the first thing that they change is something tangible that they can make sure they can maneuver. And the easiest thing in the world to maneuver is your credit card and your money. We're not talking about food and water. The first thing is because mammon is is, is so strong. People just got that that, that, that thing, that, that greed, and, and, and they got greedy. That's probably one of the seven de deadly sins. It's that spirit of greed. So the first thing you want to do is shortcut God. But God is the reason why you have everything. But see, we want to put everything and make all kind of excuses because witchcraft is already there in our minds and the third eye is working. So the witchcraft that's in the church said, wait a minute, somebody else in the church got a new car or somebody else in the church got a new house. So now I got to get a bigger or a newer car. And the first thing you do is cut God. Witchcraft opens the door. So this is what happens. With Sapphira, his wife, it says right here, sold a portion. And I'm going to talk about, we're talking about what? They paired themselves together. We're talking about two. See, they already had the plan what they were going to do. So when the husband and wife was at home, they already said how they were going to cut the deal. And the first thing they were going to do was rob God. So you don't understand that everything starts with a plan. Everything starts with something that they got to come up with something to how they're going to plan the deception, how they're going to plan the lie, how they're going to plan to take over and deceive and what wicked things. Uh, you need to know, understand something. When you go before the witchcraft or when you go to the evil altar, there's already an agreement that's already made. So it's already set up in your heart. You got to understand something. Huh? When Judas was at the table, it was already set up in his heart. He already made the deals with all the other people that was against God. So he just sat at the table trying to be like something he really wasn't. But God was the only one that saw him. Deception. It's running rapid. I ain't talking about in the land. I'm talking about in the church. How the people are being deceived. How they're being taken over by the lust of their own flesh, their own desires. And they substituted the wrong thing and the right thing for the wrong thing. And we don't understand how do we get into this place because you took down from what God had already told you. You started diluting the word. The Bible says eat the whole book. You need to understand something. I know that Romans and Philemon is for the Apollonians. But you need to understand something. There's messages in the Old Testament that you just do not get in the New Testament. There's, a, there's a, a story, there's some kind of parable that you need to understand so you'll know how to live by God. Why would he just not allow just the Old New Testament? You got to understand something. They all work unison. They all work in two parts. Thank you, Holy Ghost. But a set of two things used together are regarded as a one unit. So when they became agreement, they became one in the spirit. 
How can two walk together except they're in agreement? It's already there in agreement in the spiritual realm. You ain't got to lock hands. You ain't got to look at each other. But if the agreement is in the spirit, that's why the enemy can come in. Because he can spot everybody that's like him in the heart. And it brings on a spiritual or demonic attack within the church. And the pastor is fighting demonic spirits to try to keep the enemy out or try to ratify him from the presence of the people so that people can hear the word with clarity and understanding. And he kept that, that part of the potion portion. It says his wife also being aware of it and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? You got to understand something. It all starts in the heart. I got to read you this. And the Bible always tells you that the heart is deceitful above all things. God has always tested us and our motives. And you don't understand because you're full of yourself and your idolatrous ways. You don't even have a sense and Satan is not going to have you check your wrongdoings. It takes God to call you out. Because you can't lose yourself from demonic forces. It takes somebody higher and a more anointed than you. Because if you could have fought him, you wouldn't have never got deceived. You started dwindling down, not yesterday, but a long time ago. You think that God is going to let Satan come in and take you over just like that? It's a process, through a process of time. And kept back part of the part, it says, kept back part of the price the land for yourself. I told you it had to be something tangible. It could be house, car, money, food. It's something tangible that you can touch. While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, as it was not in your own control? So stop saying that, that something just came over. It was all in your own control. God, even in all of that, you still know that you're doing wrong because that's something that goes off in my mind, say, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do this, but it was still in your own control, but then you want to allow Satan. Satan's going to say, I'm going to use you, and I'm going to put you out there to stand before God naked, and you're going to look crazy, but yet I already know my, on my end what it's going to be. I'm just going to have you going down there with me. So you're acting like you can't control all of this. You can control whatever you want to do because God is not going to let Satan get you to that place that you cannot cry out for help or cry out and go to God and ask God to send somebody your way to help get you set free and delivered. God will not leave you out there by yourself. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what kind of problem it is. You can always look up to heaven and cry out to God and God will send a life raft. God will send down a raft. God will send a boat. He will send somebody your way to help you. But we let pride get in the way. We let self get in the way. And this is what we do. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell dead and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who, it says, who heard these things. The fear is not in the church. God is finna judge people. And God is judging the church. But do you notice that there's no fear? Because we were just talking about two people. Now it's in a multiple of people. God is sending signs and wonders in the land. But there's no fear in the church because the church has left God. I'm talking about as a universal thing. I used to think that there's going to be a lot of people in heaven, but it's not. It's going to be more in hell than they are in heaven. And God is sending the church signs. He's showing them different things that's happening. The scriptures are starting to be fulfilled, but yet you don't have no understanding because you're blind, you're naked, you're twisted. You are, you've been morphed into something else. And one of the things about it is you can serve something so long you become that thing. Let's go on down. 
Let's go down to verse 7. Now it was about three hours later, then his wife came in and not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she said, yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, how is that, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the, of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell dead and his foot and breath, her, it says her, it says then his foot and foot and breath, her last, and the young man came in and found her dead and carried her out, buried her by her husband. And I want to tell you something. This is happening now. But it's not a spiritual, it's, it's not a natural death, it's a spiritual death. The church is dying spiritually for those that are in darkness. They're breathing their last breath with the things of God. Slowly God's spirit are using them. The people that used to be highly anointed, they're not highly anointed. It's like he's taking that gift and putting it on another that they thought was unworthy. They're slowly dying. They're breathing their last breath. Some of them are dying out, but then some of them are not being used to that greater capacity anymore. And then it comes down to a place that God will numb them from speech. They can't talk no more. Their, their voice used to carry all over the world, but it's not are sounding that alarm of the glory of God anymore. They are breathing their last breath. Their platform is diminishing because the lying spirit. I want to touch on this. The seven layers of lying. You lie. You self-protect. Number three, you develop a habit of lying. You self-deceive. You rationalize. Now, you not only believe the lie, the lies are not lies. You justify the lie as a positive good. Number six, you develop your technique. And number seven, you see it as your duty to lie. Let's go to Leviticus. Nadab and Abayu. One of the things when you look at Nadab, it says his name means to give, donate, or volunteer. It says, and by implication, to be noble. Abahu means to worship, worshiper of God. In my Bible, Leviticus, the 10th chapter, it says, the profane fire of Nadab and Abahu. I looked up the word profane. Relating to or devour to that which is not sacred or biblical. And it says right here, disrespect. Irreverence. One of the things that I thought was very interesting about Nabab and Abihu is it's like they were calling up strange fire and evil altars against you or the church. So now you got witchcraft working against you in the church. Now you got the lying spirit working against you in the church. Now you got strange fire. Or evil altars that's working against you. We're still talking about two. How can two walk together unless they agree? What makes altars good or bad is the spirit in which it was originated. So whatever altar you erect in your house, 
It's either two things. It's going to be either good or it's going to be bad. And it's derived from whatever your spirit is. So one thing about it is when you're working in the dark magics and you're already not on God's side, even if you're double-minded or split-minded, you're still untrustworthy. So everything that you do is going to be to the left. And now you're working in a strange fire and a profane, and you're not referencing the things of sacred things of the religion or Christianity. Because you can't be on both sides. So when you call up these evil altars in your life, they follow you around. Everything that you touch becomes wicked and perverted. But when they showed you in the movie when that wicked person touched things, it turned black. They're not just telling you that. They're, telling you that. They, they're just not doing that. They're trying to tell you the power that you possess in dark magic. But it's only going to work in this, in Babylon, which is already wicked and perverted. You really need to understand Babylon. And the concept in which it is. It was a wicked and a perverse place. So don't think that you can be on the dark side and think you can call up holy things of God. It won't work. God does not, does not operate like that. I looked at the word originate. It says having a specific beginning, created or intent of something. That's why you always have to walk above what the world is doing and doing what God's saying to do at all times. Because it's easy in this hour, which is so much demonic activity, so much wickedness going on, and the things of God are becoming less and less and less. Because even in the house of God, things are changing. And it seems like you can't even find God. I told you Ichabod is not only going to be on the church doors, but it's going to be on the people's head. Because they have forsaken their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's going to be easier and easier to do it because there's more wickedness and perversion in the land. How is that? Because the multitude is increasing. And the people of God are dwindling. So we're seeing what is happening. Leviticus. Aaron had four sons. The first two did this. I want you to see this. Then Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took the censer and put fire in it, put incense on it, and offered profane fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. It could have been in the place that they could not, they, they couldn't even, they didn't um, cleanse themselves because it was a process of cleansing yourself. That's why I tell people, don't just walk up in this church. You need to be having a prayer life. You need to be cleansing yourself. Certain things you don't need to be entertaining on Saturdays and Friday nights. There's, there's a certain thing that you have to do. There's a process. But then you don't understand and reference the, and understanding the reverence of the grace and mercy of God that he lets you come in here. But God does not have to let you do it because of Jesus Christ shed his blood on Calvary. When they did in the old days, they were cut off. They were dead. They didn't have a second chance. But God gives you a second chance, and you still continue to do the same profane things. But a day is coming that God is not going to receive your offering. And this is what is happening. We give God anything Cain and Abel. One was accepted, and the other was rejected. And what did he do? He didn't fix it. He got mad because you feel that God should accept you the way you are. You need to go down there to somebody else's church. You need to go down there to some witchcraft church because God is not obligated to accept you as you are. He did that when you first got saved, but then there was a process of cleaning yourself up, purifying yourself, ridding yourself of the fleshly things of this world. But even in the times now that you don't think that you need to do this, you just walk in here any kind of way. Your head bad, your mind bad, and your spirit bad, and then you want to know what is happening, why God 
is not moving. You should have prepared yourself. Anything else, you prepare yourself to go to work. You prepare yourself to go to the grocery store. You prepare yourself to go with your friends. You just don't walk up in there, not take a bath, don't put on your best clothes and makeup. But yet, you come in the house of God and you do profane things. But his grace and his mercy, we take lightly. And we don't understand why we have these evil altars that's been erected in our lives. Balaam was a prophet of God. And he was contaminated and did evil altars. You have the same ability within you because of the light of Christ. Why do you think Satan tries to fight you so much? Because the more light that he possesses, the more people that he take down, it makes his kingdom stronger in Babylon or in the earth. That's what makes him a target and bad. He knew that they were already here. He knew that they was already in the church. But because you are on the dark side, you don't understand the darkness in the church because you don't even recognize it because you are the one of the same. That's why you cannot discern good and evil. That's why you cannot discern anything in here because you don't have not prepared yourself. You have not sought the Lord. You cannot spot something that's not of God and you just walk up in here because you're full of yourself. There's a cleaning process. And after God cleans you and purges you and delivers you, you still got to get more deliverance and cleaning. There's different levels of things that God wants to deliver you from. There's different seasons. But one thing about it is God brings true deliverance when your mind and that third eye has been opened to the darkness that you're in. But we don't understand this. You want to know where God is? God is moving away from things that are dark and perverted. He's going to another nation that's wickeder and perverted, but they are hungry for the truth. That's why the next revival is going to be out there in the streets. It's not going to be in the four walls. Because God said there's nothing in here. He said I looked and I couldn't find one. There was no, not one that was righteous. There was no one that could stand and man the gate. So fire went down from the Lord and devoured, consumed them up. And they died before the Lord. They did all of that. The Bible doesn't tell you how old they were. But let's say they've been doing it for years. So you're thinking because you've been saved a whole long time that you're okay. The devil had already got you deceived. You could still get devoured. You could still get caught up with God's wrath and fire. Then Moses said to Aaron, this is what the Lord speaks, saying, By those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy, and before all the people, I must be glorified. And he could not moan his children before the people. So what that is saying, people won't even mourn your death. They work in pairs of teams. I pray that something's been said and done. In Jesus' name, I pray, amen.